Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello, and welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and today I am joined by our friend, Talak, a.k.a. Charge Positive. Thank you for hopping on the podcast today. How's it going? It's going good. Just uh, getting out there, doing some videos, and ready for a road trip and some time off. <laughs> nice. Are you road tripping soon? Uh, hopefully. I, you know, where yet, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm trying to not burn out the rest of my battery warranty. So, <laughs> Right. It all starts with the dream, but then reality comes into play. So, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about a pretty unique experience that you have had, Talik, and a unique experience in the EV space, I would say, that is not only one, but two battery pack replacements that you've gone through with your one EV, your Model mm -hmm. Y, and that is pretty dramatic. This is a worry of EV ownership, which is okay, but, like, what happens when the battery pack fails? And it's a huge also naysayer notion and fear that um, you have lived a real life example of. So let's dive in. Talik, what on earth to you, are you doing to your Model Y to make it fail? What's going on here? Well, according to the technicians, you know, I, there's nothing that I've done specifically to make these packs fail. So uh, if you haven't seen the video over on Out of Spec Guide, um, I've done two on my Model Y. There's a 100,000-mile update. And then the one that we're, we're basically piggybacking off here is uh, recently I did a video talking about my two battery failures and replacements that were done under warranty. So after you watch this, go watch that video. I get into in-depth of the whole story um, Re recounting that but um, basically around 40,000 miles my first original pack died and then my I had a replacement and 
20,000 miles, that pack also had pretty much the exact same code and issue, and it died. So I'm now on my third pack about almost 60,000 miles after that. So I'm about four and a half um, left with my current, the, the original battery warranty of 120,000 miles. Wow. Okay. So let's back up here. You bought a Model Y and you, let, let's start with the specs there too. So tell me what battery does, did your Model Y start out with? What's the battery chemistry there? So originally it was the, it's a long range uh, dual motor Model Y, which, um, yeah, originally had 326. I think they now ship new with 330. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if I ever got the update to go up to that or if that was just the later packs got 330. But on paper, mine had 326. And when you look at my, um, so I used Teslab, and about a month after I got that, I've had data of my, what's the estimated full charge. Um, and it doesn't mean I fully charged to get these points. Uh, that was another thing in the video. A lot of people co were commenting saying like, oh, you full charge that many times, of course. So the the little green dots on my charge graph are estimations based on uh, the app. So anyway, so my first pack, it shows pretty steady for probably a good six months to almost a year. And then it starts to come down and then it tanks. So my original pack was 326. After a while, I was reading, you know, 315, 316, you know, and I would check it somewhat regularly. But then when you start noticing that it's, you know, reading 305, 301, 295, within like a span of a week or two, that is alarming because even if you have, you know, degradation, it would have a, you know, somewhat, not even steep decline in the beginning, but you would, you would gradual, steadily, right? gradually decline and then it would level off. Hmm. This was sort of the opposite. I had like really good. You know, I, I was taking, for, for all I knew, I was taking pretty good care of my battery based on the indications of the range. And then it just had this sharp two-week down downturn to where it was like, it, it, I think it finally read like 260 on a full charge within like two to three weeks of the original or the, the, the more normal readings. And so that was when it threw codes and it actually got to the point where I couldn't charge it. I had about 40% charge one day and I tried to charge plug in at home wouldn't charge try to supercharger wouldn't so i'm like okay it's gonna run out of battery soon i have to go schedule service so that's when i went to the first uh replacement mm, so forty thousand miles in you start to notice this that it's it's not acting normal the battery is not charging like it's supposed to but you're not supercharging it all the time to 100 right no so um so in the video, I talk about how I, you know, I do rideshare, but I'm not a full-time rideshare driver. I, I do other things. I go on road trips. I do my commuting around town. So I was probably averaging maybe 150 miles a day, sometimes 200. And, and, you know, probably every other lift shift I would do, I would supercharge like on a lunch break to get, you know, from like 45% back up to 80, just so that I would always be ready to have like a, uh, you know, in case I got a long run, I want to be able mm -hmm. to accept a long drive. Um, without having to turn that down, but the you know I would not often, in fact, pretty rarely would I go to a hundred. In fact, it wasn't until I was trying to balance the pack that I would actually go to a supercharger and try to let it literally top balance. Where you sit there and it's sitting at two kilowatt for like half an hour, mm -hmm. and then it goes to one kilowatt, and it finally says fully charged after like an hour sitting at a hundred. Because it's trying to top balance the pack so that it can you can you can have a truly full pack, but I didn't really do that until I was trying to actually save the pack. Um, I you know I most most of the time I charged about eighty, sometimes ninety, um, in terms of supercharging at home. So here's the other thing: 
when I was charging at home, um, which my uh, Tesla, my actually my Tesla graph shows, um, I've only done about most of my so sixty. I think it's like 64% of 2022 I charged at home and then like six, it's even more higher percentage this year. Um, but this year I didn't have a replacement. Anyway, so most of my charging has been at home. So it's not like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that they primarily fast charge. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you are noticing these trends. You take, you know, you're a knowledgeable EV driver. You're not trying to, you know, you're doing things to actively not degrade the battery or take good you know, care of it. So when you started to see these codes and this, you know, I mean, these, the degradation in the performance of the battery, you did think, hey, this isn't normal, obviously. So then these error codes started popping up, you couldn't charge it. And you're like, okay, I have to take it in to Tesla. It's not AC charging. It's not DC charging. And then what happened next? What did Tesla do to help you? Well, so I was under warranty, and um, by the time I took it in, it was you had two codes, AO66 and AO64 under BMS category. And you know, the technician was like, um, you know, the, you know, the, the first time around, they were like, you know, we got to keep it for a day to, you know, to check it out, even though I'm pretty sure on his screen it was basically saying, you know, he's going to need a new pack. So um, I take it there in the morning. It's I think it's a Monday morning. They... Um, you know, they give me the whole thing. I leave it with them. I, you know, I, I asked for a loaner because I, you know, even though I'm not ride sharing, I still have to get to my other work. And, um, I ended up getting a loaner later that day. And they, um, I think it was later that day or the next day, I got a message in the app. that says, you, in fact, do need a new pack. We've ordered one. It should be here in two to four weeks. Um, and then, um, luckily it actually, a, a week to the day, they basically said, your new pack is here. We're putting it in. And then two days later, after they had like let it do a full, you know, calibration or something like that, I got it back on the next Wednesday. So it was nine days I was without my car. Uh, luckily, I did have a loaner Model Three. I couldn't work rideshare, but I could get to my other jobs. Okay, that's good. I love it when they give you a timeline that is way longer than what is actually lived. Because, yeah, like you said, you you drive Lyft, and also you know just being without your mode of transportation, no matter who you are, for that long. Um, and not really also knowing what's going to happen with it uh, is, is pretty stressful. So it sounds like they addressed it, their communication was good. And then, okay, the fix. What exactly did they do? It's under warranty. Did they give you just a brand new battery? Did they diagnose it then and there? Where did the old pack go? So what was explained to me the first time I, I got my car back, what, and I started asking these same questions to the technician. And um, so I was asked, so what is it? Is a new pack? And so they told me that, this is literally the story that the, sorry, not technician, the advisor, the service advisor told me, basically your new pack, your new pack comes in on a flatbed, your old pack goes on that one, it goes back to Fremont and they pull it apart and see what real, they do like the forensics things back at, at Fremont. That's what was told to me. If that's actually what's happening, I don't have any documentation of that because it, that pack is long gone. The one that came in, I was told is, yo, you have a new pack. And, um, and so I didn't get a really good answer of what my warranty was like after my first replacement. Um, but it turns out, you know, you basically the car has a battery warranty of uh, eight years on the long range, eight years, 120,000 miles. The, the, the service advisor kind of made it seem like this new battery had a fresh eight, eight year 120, which I would have been like, great. You know, it's like a new lease on life. We're like, Whoa, let's go, you know? Um, and then it wasn't until, so um, later on, so like a week after I had the battery, 
It actually threw a code. Um, I went to a, uh, a club event uh, with Tesla Club SoCal, and there was a Tesla employee that was hanging out with that drive. And I was like, oh, my God, I just got my car back, and it's throwing this code at me. Um, that was the only time I got the code in the beginning of the second pack. Um, so he, he's, I, I let him look at my VIN. He said, oh, this basically means that your pack is out of balance. And so I, you know, I was kind of familiar with the techniques because when I, my first pack went bad, I was trying to find every, I was mm -hmm. on every forum, like trying to find, how do I save this? How do I save this? And so I, I was familiar with those techniques, even though they didn't work with the first pack because it in fact was faulty. Um, so I didn't, I then tried to do some of those techniques after getting the second battery and for, you know, about 20,000 miles, it it's appeared to be fine, but my graph kind of went like this and I went like this and then poof. so right around 60,000 miles in the car, 20,000 on the pack happened again. And this yeah. is with, me actively trying to do what's good for the battery. Mm -hmm. I was trying to supercharge almost never, which, you know, when you road trip, you still have to supercharge. Um, you know, I, I did what I could, and it's the second pack still just went. So. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? You get the same error code. <laughs> it's like six months later, you're like, it can't be the same problem. Like, had you heard of anyone else having this issue with even just one battery? So, other people told me that, you know, one is rare and it had happened. One of the people that was hanging out with that um, Tesla employee who uh, he ha actually had a pack very early on. He's currently at 190,000 miles. Um, so if we think Kyle's car with 142 is impressive, we should we should check into Zach's yeah. um, 190 because he tracks his car and he supercharges the 100 quite frequently. Hmm. And his pack, you know, he has degradation, but it's not failed. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was doing what I could and it, it still failed. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And so, yes, everybody I tell this story to is like, they're astonished. They're like, oh, my God, yeah. you've had two failures. Like, what are the odds? It's like, Talik, what are you not telling me? There must be something else to the story. But, um, yeah, that is really just some bad luck. And it's you're actively trying to maintain the battery. You are doing your research. You're talking to experts like you're doing what you're supposed to do. So is it really just bad luck from what i've been told so uh your previous question you asked if i knew someone who had two i do know of at least one other person who is on their third pack as well okay um but they have you know i don't i don't fully know their charging habits and they have done more with their 12 volt system but it's unclear if that has something to do with that because the bms is in the pack so mm -hmm. it's not like the bms is in the car controlling mm -hmm. the battery the B, from what I'm told, the BMS is in the pack, and it's only when it disconnects from the car while it's sleeping that it actually actively tries to balance the pack. But it does take a long time, and I re regularly try to put my car through at least eight, twelve, you know, sixteen-hour sleep sessions to make sure that I'm nowhere near the car. I've turned off Bluetooth. I don't have Sentry mode on. There's all these techniques you can look mm. up. So. Man, I wish I was your car getting put into all these long <laughs> sleep sessions. <laughs> but I was wondering how you put it to sleep. So it's basically making sure that nothing is running on the back end, that the car is not functioning whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I got to make sure that your app is not pinging the car. Like, don't, like, close out your Tesla app so it doesn't even try to, like, you know, say hi to the car. Um, in Tesla, there's an actual setting that says... Um, sleep as deep sleep assist so you turn that on so so tesla doesn't try to contact the car either mm. to get data through the api and all that sort of stuff nice yeah you have to put it in like a tinfoil hat basically yeah um, which i wish there was just a manual button sleep like mm -hmm. you know actively you know i want i want to balance my pack 
balance, you know, put a balance mm-hmm. mode on the car. That would be cool. I wonder um, if they've considered that and if they, cause you know, I feel like the Tesla team does consider oof, a lot of things. So um, why that wouldn't have been implemented quite yet, or just an easier way to get there, especially if we're considering, yeah, that you're running an EV, it's got different battery systems than a regular ice, of course. So how to best manage that? Um, was the experience the second time around any different with Tesla? Well, my experience was um, <laughs> just a little traumatizing because it was literally the same code. And as I said in the video, it was kind of PTSD. I'm like, oh, no, I was triggered. I was like, uh-uh, nope, nope, not again. Um, so I, I did not wait until it wouldn't take a charge. I was like, I scheduled the earliest appointment I could. Um, it was at a different service center. Um, but the it was pretty much the same timeline. You know, I took it in. They quoted me two to four weeks. We've ordered a pack. And it was literally almost exactly a week and a day or two the second time. What kind of sucks <laughs> the second time was I was, it happened right before fully charged live event mm. in San Diego. And I want, you know, I, you know, I'm doing the, I was there with the, the San Diego Tesla club and just, you know, and I was picking up people that were going to fully charge live and I couldn't pick them up. I, I did pick them up in my loaner, but it just wasn't the same. So I'm glad to have had a loaner. So mm-hmm. the experience was good that they were able to get me a loaner, but, I, you know, it was just it was a little it was a big bummer that I'm like at this e- big event celebrating and and promoting EVs and guess what my my car is in for its second pack so I didn't yeah. I didn't really talk about it much at that event because I just I was kind of like mm. a little bummed oh, just about get it this. but it's also a pretty it is an interesting part of it you know like we like to cover all experiences right like it's no experience is fully good or fully bad so uh, but yours is unique was this the fully charged event last year. Yeah, it was September 2022, literally yeah. about six months after my first one. And, yeah. uh, you know, Kyle was there, the whole team. I, got I to was meet there. The that's where I met oh, Kyle. That's actually. right. Oh, yeah. Um, I went by the EVgo booth. Wait, was EVgo there? Yeah, we were there. Okay. That's why yeah. I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, how we have crossed paths and look at us now. Oh. <laughs> so are you expecting, I mean, knock on wood, a third failure? Um, I'm really hoping not for one. Um, you know, I'm... it's like this dual thing. You you try not to look at it because you don't want to be consumed with like hyper checking your, your mileage every day and mileage fluctuates. Yes, it does. But when it, you know, when you start seeing, you know, it's steep incline, you're like, Oh no. So since I've recorded my video, there's been a little bit of a dip. It kind of, you know, with the calculation. So Teslab will do a calculation if you charge up to 90% and you've charged at least 25% of the pack. So that's how it gets a reading of um, being able to, estimate a full charge um so lately you know i've been trying to lately i've actually been charging it to 60 percent. i'm just trying to let it sit in the middle of the pack um so another fun fact and i need to do a whole video on this is i was actually rear-ended uh, about a month and a half ago um so i actually have not been driving lyft so my pa- my car has actually been less busy and it's been sitting around more and it's had some some dippage now it's not diving yet but i am keeping an eye on it and so i'm kind of like i have about five thousand me- five thousand miles left on this warranty i'm like okay if it's gonna die please die now so i can get a fourth pack and then figure out what to do after warranty um but because yeah, <laughs> it's I'm- like either die now or be good forever you know, speak sure now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> someone in the comments is going to be like talk you better sell that before you run out of warranty which and i I've seen those comments, and the problem is I'm upside down on the loan. So 
getting out of this car is not as easy as a lot of the com- people in the comments try to make it seem. Mm-hmm. So I'm still paying on this vehicle. And it's, you know, it's, it, so the, the, fun, the funny thing was during the peak of like the used car market back in like uh, mid 2022, I think it was, I was tempted to sell my Model Y because it was blue booking average for like $61,000. I paid 50 for it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. but it's my only car. So I didn't mm-hmm. do that. So now we're on the opposite side where the car value is lower than what I have left on the loan. It's not crazy bad, but it's definitely not where I can't move into a new vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing is that car ownership is complicated and uh, it can try to be simplified, especially if you only have parts of the, the picture. But it, there's always more information to consider about your actual experience. And w- we're talking about warranty. What were the big benefits to you of this happening under warranty? Did you pay a dime? I didn't pay anything. So I you know, I got the loaner. Um, so I didn't pay anything, but because I couldn't ride share, I lost income do it but i couldn't claim that um so yeah so mm-hmm. out of pocket nothing impact to life because of almost almost two weeks ish without my car mm-hmm. it did impact me so right so has this impacted your long-term confidence in your model y and just maybe influence your trust in the longevity or reliabilities of evs in general well i think because you know even though We've talked about how the the failures within the pack, and it's just a huge coincidence that I've had two go bad and the BMS is in the pack. There's still some thought that this might be a lemon, but I would have to have it go in for a third time and have so many days, etc. So I haven't been able to pursue the lemon side of this yet, um, and if I can ever do that. Um, so part of me is, you know, believing that it's this specific car, um, because of all the, all the stories out there, like Kyle's and everybody else's that they're, they're at 150, almost 200,000 miles on the original pack and it's doing fine. So my, my overall confidence in Tesla batteries is still there. I'm just, because I've, you know, the, the spidey sense in the back of my head about my particular car, I'm just like, you know, I, it's hard to trust it, especially once I cross 120,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So perhaps you haven't lost all faith. You know, it was a bad, bad luck that you've had, really. So have, on the other hand, have you noticed any improvements in the performance or the range or anything else uh, that has shaped your experience on, like, EV maintenance or just your experience with this Model Y? Well, so as I've also said, this is my third EV, and I've, I have well over... 200,000 miles of electric driving under my belt now. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I've pretty much enjoyed very little maintenance other than this. And that's what I try to talk about in the video is that for the, beside uh, for the battery going bad, my car has been great. Now granted my seat, but that's because of my wear and tear destroying the seat, you know, driving all day long in the hot sun. But beyond that, the mechanically, my model Y has been pretty great. Both motors are kicking great. Um, I, I'm starting to probably need to get some suspension work done, but again, we're approaching 120,000 miles on the original suspension. My brakes are still good. So for three vehicles now, I've enjoyed very, very little maintenance. That's pretty good. Um, I think that, you know, goes along with a lot of the sell of EVs is that it's not a lot of maintenance and it really does highlight that this, these kind of warranties, especially on the battery, even though it might be a freak, you know, situation, but how important they are because, I mean, I can't imagine how, how much does, do you know how much a new EV battery replacement would have, I mean, you might as well buy a new 
Tesla, right? <laughs> well, that's so that's the thing is I, my blue book is sitting somewhere around 25,000. I think it might be lower just because my, you know, my paint's been kind of messed up. I don't have any PPF on it or anything. Um, and if I were to get a brand new pack, like actually, you know, new, I've heard that's around $20,000 and a, 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 a new remanufactured pack out of warranty is about 13 or 14. So, you know, it, it does get close to like, well, I might as well get a new car. But again, that incurs financing and the interest rates right now are really crap and everything. So, sure. and another, you know, what, what might be a good topic for a future podcast is this recent news about Tesla partnering with Uber over like um, whatever incentives they have. It's like, okay, so hold the phone here. You're going to encourage people to ride share with these vehicles. As well as, you know, Elon has talked about, you know, making, you know, self-driving taxis where the car is in use five times more than the average person. It's like, mm. if we're going to have the vehicles go that direction, we need to talk about the warranties being, you know, we, need, we might need a ride share specific warranty to mm-hmm. go along with that incentive. Mm. That's a good point. I think you had a lot of interesting takeaways that you did share on the guide channel too, that I would love to dive in a bit here because you not only have like this kind of suggestion, which I think is great. I don't know if that, like if we have a specific lawyer attorney who knows a lot about warranties that could dive into, um, the aspects of that, but that would be really interesting. But also that, uh, especially considering that you didn't necessarily get, a new battery that we don't know exactly what happens to the old batteries or how you get the new battery and what exactly it's made up of, but um, that you would kind of suggest maybe to Tesla or at least for us to consider in this kind of aspect of battery replacement, but also that could maybe be expanded across the industry and taken by other automakers. So can you touch on that, those takeaways? Yeah. So I just seem, I mean, even I, I'm not aware there there might exist, you know, an extended warranty you could buy, but that's usually something associated with dealerships trying to sell you more packages and whatnot. Um, to my knowledge, there was not an extended warranty I could buy. Um, and I've also read from a lot of the comments that, you know, warranties are based on the price of the vehicle, not necessarily the confidence in the parts. I think there's some t- truth to in between, you know, there's got to be some confidence in how long the parts will last, calculations of when they might fail, as well as going along with the sale price of the car because the the short range ones they have a hundred thousand mile warranty the long ranges have 120 on the threes and lines and then snx and cybertruck have 150,000. so i'm just like it is possible to have a better warranty so and but again especially if we're going to be encouraging people to use these vehicles more and or ride share with them you got to give them the confidence because the guy on kid and java's channel i'm sorry i can't remember his name but his pack failed at like 125,000 miles. And he did that in almost like just over a year. So if you're going to burn through a car in a year and then be left with not a warranty to take, you know, if you're going to encourage this behavior, but then not follow it up with the warranty. So that again, yeah, we need, we definitely need a a bigger discussion about that. I think. Mm -hmm. I think fairness to the user, to the owner is something that you touched on too, which is, you know, it's something to be considered. And I feel like, they maybe it just hasn't been thought about maybe this deep, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, we'll apply it across the board. But these unique situations really do. Yeah. Come to beg the fairness of your experience, especially, you know, your pretty unlucky experience, <laughs> especially when the rest of the car is well, aside from my own wear and tear on my, my seat. But the rest of the car is doing great. The motors are doing great, which also have 120,000. So who knows, maybe I might have a drive unit go bad at like 120, who knows. But in terms of like, you know, the, the, the warranty is the number, sorry, the battery is the thing that most people are concerned about when they want to go EV. And if they could address that, 
with a you know a better warranty system, even if it's tiers or who knows what, that would instill more confidence in people to drive because a lot of people do like to drive more than twelve thousand miles a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think there, it's a concern and how to address it not only with facts and figures, like your experience is not a normal one and that battery degradation is different than battery failure and all that stuff is important to address and make clear so that folks can really have the full picture when they're considering, okay, am I going to go electric? And then what does that look like? And um, maybe not get caught up, you know, in big headlines about battery Mm -hmm. failure and everything, but also (laughs) have some transparency from the automakers that like, this, you know, these are the things that can happen. This is how they're dealt with, or yeah, perhaps improved warranties. Especially if 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 what's true about my old pack, whatever is still good from it is being salvaged. It's like okay, I'm I'm trading in a battery. I may not be trading all of it in, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm trading in maybe two thirds of it or three mm-hmm. however much. You know, maybe it's only one row. So if we're trading material cost, you know, yeah. maybe we just pay for the service, etc. Because you know, uh, Neo the Chinese automaker has played with the idea of leasing batteries. And Mm -hmm. um, that is interesting. I think it adds on some complexities maybe, but what do you think about that leasing instead of (laughs) buying the EV battery? Um, I think it's intriguing because, you know, uh, I think in their models, you you can, you can swap for like an extra cost. You can swap temporarily for a longer range pack than Mm -hmm. what you need for your daily needs. And that, that is kind of intriguing, but again, that comes with the complexity of having to, you know, to swap that out, have the stations, you know, a, a swapping station is much larger than a supercharger for one vehicle, I mean, per vehicle. And then, um, but it, it, you know, when you swap, start swapping batteries, you then, you know, if you don't know which, you know, the condition of the one that you were just given, unless it comes with some certain guarantees underneath the lease. So it is mm-hmm. definitely intriguing, um, but it, then it brings in its own complexities, especially if we're starting to talk about structural packs. If, if Tesla's going the way of structural packs, that's not exactly jiving with swapping out batteries you know that's true it, it it would come with a whole new restructuring of how the the car is built like neo's building them so that you can go to these battery swap stations we've talked about that a bit on the podcast and kyle has gone and swapped a battery in a neo and it was a really cool you know quick experience in and out literally uh but i mean it'll be interesting to see how this goes ahead. You're right. It doesn't really seem like Tesla's moving in that direction. I think Neo is really the only automaker I know that has played very significantly with the battery swapping. Am I forgetting anyone? Um, to my to my current knowledge, that's all I can think of. Yeah. So it doesn't um, seem to be very highly adopted, but um, it'll be also cool to see as battery chemistries change. You know, maybe there will be. I mean, it's not even improvements because it doesn't seem like this is a huge problem, but it is an interesting conversation. I do love the battery talk and uh, diving into your experience. And I really do hope that you do not have (laughs) anything else that comes along, especially before your warranty is up, because, you know, I think, you know, you got rear-ended, two new batteries. I think you're good. You're, You're good on your EV stories so far, besides good road trip stories. (laughs) <laughs> I want to tell more. I want to tell more fun stories, and that's the other thing I, I mentioned. Is I'm kind of bummed that I, you know, at my mileage, I can't tell the long-term degradation curve. How you know, like the one on Kyle's, because my my swaps have interrupted that that um that that curve in the chart. Yeah, so. you're a new case study. Perhaps <laughs> Tesla should take your Model Y whenever you're done with it. Maybe never, but study it and study what went on. Because I mean, I don't I don't know about all the inner workings, but. Who knows? Who knows what the secret is there? I feel like if a third time happens, it's the EV. It's 
it's yeah there's something more going on yeah and in, interesting enough it's on its original 12 volt still i have not changed out the 12 volt and it's it's still you know to, from what i understand the 12 volt is fine so it's kind of the opposite most people have like two or three 12 volts and one high voltage over this many miles yeah. but i definitely would love to talk to someone at tesla like Tesla official, not just um, sales advisors or friends of employees, mm -hmm. et cetera, in secondhand, thirdhand knowledge. Yeah, I think that would be really cool to definitely, I think they would be interested too, because it is such a unique um, op or opportunity, yeah, to look at what what has happened when this has happened twice. Is it really just the luck of the draw or um, is something different going on? So let us know your thoughts in the comments. I'm sure you will already, but Talik, it's clear, you know, you didn't run your Tesla into the ground you know, this is a very weird situation that happened and isn't, you do know some other people with things like that, but I think what is key here is warranty. Also being knowledgeable about how to charge your EV best. And, um, you know, even if it's just the basics, you know, EV 101 about how to charge your battery for the longevity of it and the health of it is great for everyone to know. But um, I don't think everyone needs to be an expert in battery technology to be you shouldn't have to. It's, it's Especially if we're trying to get people to switch over, they should not have to do that. Yeah, it's true. You you shouldn't have to spend the time and research that you did to, I mean, if you're interested, do it, but you shouldn't have to as a car owner, you know, <laughs> yeah. just drive along and enjoy it. That's what we're trying to get, do, get, get from A to B with a smile on your face, right? <laughs> um, any big takeaways that we haven't touched on yet, Talek, from your experience with your Model Y battery swaps? I think we covered it. We've been going about 30 minutes now. So I think, I, I do think we got everything I wanted to talk about. And you know, just, if, you know, we're not talking about regular degradation. This is pack failures. Mm -hmm. Pack failure, very distinct. And of course, go over and check out uh, Talek's own narration of the story with a beautiful background, I have to say. That was a great <laughs> video. And there are a lot of uh, interesting discussions going on in the top, in the comments too. So thank you, Talek, for taking the time to come on to the Out of Spec podcast and tell me about your story. I hope that next time we're talking about something that doesn't give you as much of a headache. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you next time on the Out of Spec podcast.